Okay, let's do this. <gasps> Excited. and uh, I'm talking to Muskan, a very dear friend of mine who studies in the same university as I do, King's College London. I always hate it when people call it, like uh, some relatives of mine call it King's College of London and that just pisses me off. Anyway, so um, um, yeah, so I'm talking to her about things ranging from, you know, various cultures uh, to her experience of studying abroad and how that is very different from individual to individual. And yes, just a couple of first experiences, her experience in traveling, what her views are on a lot of um, different things, which, you know, are very important to the youth. Um, and yes, of course, while doing that, we'll delve into very interesting and fun stories. We're not boring people, I assure you. Um, so, well, just to like ask you a very basic question. I know you are studying economics and management, which is one of the more sought after courses in our university which basically means you're a very smart girl <laughs> but but anyway um just tell us why you chose economics and management what do you like about it um was there any particular reason for having chosen this course or did it just happen and do you like it just tell us a bit about what you study and why you do it okay so uh, i'm going to be very honest um I picked up economics in grade 10 after getting a good score and then grade 12. Uh, that was one part and the other part was me teaching economics and English. Uh, I was a teacher back in Ahmedabad for like three years. So mm -hmm. I found it really interesting the theories and the concepts and especially because my mentor used the current scenarios in the world examples to explain what was given in the books and that's what I also tended, uh, I also did for my students. So I think that really, you know, helped me to pick up economics and see what more was there mm -hmm. to study. As for management, I did not just want to become a theorist. So I wanted some practical solutions to economical problems. And I think that that combination at King's has been really put up well, because mm -hmm. at college, they've, you know, they've kind of mixed both subjects in a manner that there's not a lot of one. It's just perfectly balanced. So I feel like I'm, I'm satisfied, more than satisfied with my That's great. Choice That's great. But I know there's a lot more to you than just academic pursuit. I mean, I, I remember we became friends fairly late, like after joining university. I think we knew each other, but uh, we became hmm. friends, I think, well, earlier this year, if I can take the liberty of saying so. But, uh, and I don't know why that is. Like, we knew each other. And I think, okay, so I'll tell you very honestly what it, it was from my side. It was nothing but just the thing that I didn't have a lot of friends where I was staying. Like, in my accommodation, right? And a lot of the yeah. friends that I did have were people from my course. And um, also, it was just that, you know, that initial... I'll be very, very, like, brutally honest over here. You know, that initial uh, phase where everybody's like, you know, I'm going to be friends. I'm going to, you know, diversify my friendship. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to, you know, my, the world is my oyster and I just want to meet new people from new cultures and like everything. And I don't want to, like, it's not that I don't want to associate with people from my country. It was never that. But um, yeah. it was just that, you know, like, okay, fine. Like, you know, I just want to meet new people. I want to learn new things. And, 
I just was in that phase. And then later I realized how tiring <laughs> just like staying in that <laughs> phase is. So, um, and then, then we, well, we became friends. But uh, anyway, just, okay, so I know that you are involved in a lot of things that don't have to do with your course. You um, are heavily immersed in dance. So we'll talk a bit about yeah. that. We'll talk a bit about how you manage to still keep it afloat and still keep practicing it, even though you were in London. Um, and I know that you're trained in Kathak and uh, you're trained in Ariel, aren't you? Yes, I am. Uh, I have been trained in Kathak for about seven to eight years. I, grad- I graduated like this year mark. And then I shifted to this wow. um, art form that my guru, uh, Veena Mehta, um, in fact, gave birth to. She calls it Sufi classical. Mm-hmm. And it's an amalgamation of five Indian classical dances. And it's called Sufi classical. So, you know, it's it's got uh, a bit of circles. It's got a bit of footwork and grace and poise. So it's much more than Katha, but um, very rooted in the Indian classical mm-hmm. dance forms. That's wonderful. So, okay, tell me, like, when you were starting yeah. off with Kathak or even with Sufi classical, right? I know Sufi classical isn't a very well-known dance form. Like you said, it was yeah. invented yeah. or it was formed by your guru herself. But um, but when you were learning these disciplines, was theory ever a very big component or was it always just practical? Did you know what you were doing? Did you know the story behind, let's say, a dance pose or let's say a, a, a certain form of like or a certain part of what you were doing? Did you know the story behind it? Was it very historical? Was it given to you that way or was it just a dance routine that you happened to eventually fall in love with? Um, so initially, I'll, I'll tell you this very interesting story of how I got mm-hmm. into dance. Um, I wanted to, so I was in grade one when I started Kathak, okay, so I was pretty young and obviously I was watching Bollywood movies and I was falling in love with Bebo and how she danced and I was like, I went up to my dad and I said I want to join a Bollywood class. This is grade one Muskan asking my dad <laughs> and he very simply said, either do Indian classical or you don't dance at all. The moment you graduate seven years of any Indian classical form that you pick up, I'll let you uh, do Bollywood and I was I ran up to my room and I was like I can't do this Indian classic I didn't even know what Kathak was I was just put into this class you know because I wanted to do Bollywood and uh, so that's how I started dancing and obviously I was one of the youngest girls of my class and uh, it was you know just very difficult on me but I because I love dancing so much and because Kathak is one discipline where you, you know, always um, want the, even the viewers to understand the story of what you're trying to, you know, show, you have to mm-hmm. sit down and understand what you're trying to explain. So, um, given that I was so young in the first seven years of learning Kathak, I did not really take on Kathak as, as much as I would have had it been now, but uh, hmm. I really did fall in love with Kathak as an art form towards the end of my, you know, my learning. Um, but then as soon as I started Sufi classical, my guru herself would read a uh, hundred books and, you know, we, we made this really, really um, beautiful and, um, you know, just 
this huge presentation of uh, Krish, uh, what we call Krishnamai, which was basically um, uh, like a 45 minute um, piece, uh, which is again very interesting because, you know, most of the things that uh, people present, dancers present, are stories of Krishna and Shiva and Ganesh. Mm-hmm. So all the male figures. But what my guru focused on was the ladies of ladies in the life of Krishna. So she asked us to read a lot about uh, Krishna and books, uh, mythological books. And it was just all very interesting. And then obviously because you're reading so much, you dive into this subject so much that you yourself become Krishnamaya. And by the end of it, by the end of the two years that we took to, you know, choreograph this entire piece, all of us identified as Krishnamayas. And I think that is the beauty of Indian classical wonderful. dance That's- forms where you are expected you know imbibe the story in order to express it yeah i mean definitely i think that's one of the main i mean it's one of the key things that i find in a lot of people our age you know young kids in india where um a lot of us are involved in indian disciplines when we are growing up um i sadly wasn't involved in any particular indian classical music or let's say hindustani classical music that's been a very big regret of mine but it's never too late but whatever i was involved in literary activism or whatever what, i can what imagine um yeah i was in a i was in a very typical bengali family where you know literature was considered very important and you know my uh, on my maternal side of the family it's been very closely associated with tagore so i read a bit of that while i was growing up um but bengali was never my second language it was always hindi so i read a lot of hindi literature also growing up because that's something i didn't find at home um and that's very interesting when i see when i meet a lot of people in university right now who do not uh, who do not identify as indian let's say or or are not from india but are of indian origin um even in them i find this sense of uh, rootedness towards india you know a lot of them have um studied a, a form of discipline whether it's music or whether it's dance a lot of them are very heavily passionate about bollywood or you know the indian film industry and the music it offers the dances that it offers and everything and i think that's very unique to india to the indian subcontinent wouldn't you say that that is so true in fact even if you see most of the serials that are being made and any representation of india as such on the, on the international platform mm-hmm. will have something rooted in the uh, culture and in and in the art forms of india and i think that's because mm-hmm. the art form itself anything is related any art form even the culture of india is rooted in the in what's called katha which is a story mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's what's uh, india part you know everything has a story uh, as for like anything western i i wouldn't want to generalize but most of the things that i have even seen in my time in london um the mm-hmm. for example the western the modern classical uh, dance forms like ballet for example they they mm-hmm. obviously will have a story but they're more on um you know the techniques and how to the, and the poise of a dancer and the and mm-hmm. final result rather than like the back story and then the process and then the final result mm-hmm. i think the process and the and the story that goes into the making of the dance is what puts everything related to india apart from the rest of the world that's very true i mean i i completely agree 
but okay just since we're on the topic of london since we're on the topic of studying in london um very basic quick question that i would like to ask you because i've always wanted to know because uh so my question to you would be what was your first two or three days in london like and this does not mean your first two or three days of uni what what was your first two or three days in in the city like because for me it was very you know it was it was one way but i would just like to know how it was for you because i've always wanted to know how first experiences are i think that says a lot about how you adapt yourself to the climate that you're in uh, so yeah how was it for you so i said because um for two years i'd been you know persuading trying to persuade my parents to send me abroad to study because i wanted to be in an environment that was different from india <laughs> um <laughs> i kind of really did fall into love with london but um in the mm-hmm. first day itself but then what happened is my uh, uncle my kaka came with me to drop me off over there and he had been to london right and this man just you know taught me things about london he was like a city guide you know so covent garden and westminster abbey and everything so like i was doing all the tourist mm-hmm. stuff but also learning about okay so if you're in a tube you're not going to look in two people's eyes you're not going to make small talk <laughs> the british don't make small talk that easily you keep your head down you don't talk too loudly so all of these things i was learning it was not very muscan so <laughs> i was a little bit you know i was a little uh, delirious no i to full on i to full on look into people's eyes like i am all i'm still that person who will watch what you're watching on your phone if you're watching a series on netflix in the tube i will look into your soul and watch what you're watching and get interested in it i know it's very wrong but it's just i don't know it just happens i can't stop myself um but yeah yeah no so initial days were very interesting but uh, because i was learning stuff like you'll get kicked if you're on the left side of the escalator goodness so. oh my god we we need to talk about this okay wait <laughs> so i had no idea all right uh, okay okay i'll let you finish then we'll come to me okay finish what were you saying yes. i was just yeah i was about to finish like yeah all of these things you know there are unsaid rules of london that you need to know if you if you going to live in london you know you can't have your phone in your hand when you're walking on an like a, a on a street in the in the, mm-hmm. in any anything which is past 4 o'clock because it's dark after 4 o'clock so oh my god yeah you have to be really careful about that as well so yeah definitely definitely <laughs> um yeah because well for me i mean my first my first day in london was just terrible or it was terrible like with a capital t and so was my second day in london all right so the for the first day we were staying in an airbnb my parents and i and then the next day they sent me off to my accommodation and they went packing on to bath and cambridge just forgetting that they have left their uh sun in london oh in a and they just left all right and i was all mm-hmm. alone and that's never been a problem for me uh because i've always wanted to like i've always been solo traveling and everything from the age of like 14 so that staying alone has never been an issue uh with me but just you know just the whole thing that it was it was a bit too much to take in because i had so much unpacking to do i had so much to uh, you know buy utensils you know and i had to like just get accustomed to staying alone you know that's like living alone or you know just being alone is one thing and then remaining alone is another thing so mm-hmm. i think i wasn't very equipped um with that and then of course mm-hmm. all the london experiences that you learned over time i just had to learn all of them alone 
right so just um, the first time i took the tube uh, in london this year was alone all right and oh by the way i didn't have an active sim card and neither did i have like a working oh phone God. when when i took the tube it was just a terrible experience i i hope to never repeat it again but um but anyway and then of course i made friends with my flatmates where we stay yeah. in london that's a very i i mean in retrospect i kind of really like the place the neighborhood the place where we stay the people they're all very nice i've had i, I can't complain about the experiences that i've had with people barring a few experiences of course but um, all in all i think it's been a wonderful experience and of course those that thing about the escalator oh my god i learned that the hard way all right so i was i had my earphones on and yeah. um i was on the tube like i just got down uh, at waterloo and i took the escalator and you know how like long the escalators are right so it's like yes. it's endless <laughs> so and i was standing on the left side uh, i was standing on the right side uh, and uh, you're not supposed to stand on the right right so um so you're yeah, not supposed we were... to stand on the left i don't think you learned your lesson oh yes right, right. oh my god <laughs> right 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 you're right uh, so you're not supposed yeah. to stand on the left so i was standing on the left and um i had my earphones on and music was blasting through my ear so i couldn't really hear what other people were saying around me and uh, suddenly i get a pat on my shoulder i look behind me and it's got like 10 extremely disappointed people <laughs> just looking at me waiting to send me back to where i came from literally and just it was it was a bad experience i i don't think i felt confident taking the tube for a very long time after that but um i cannot agree yeah. more because I, you know initially i was like what what is this elitist behavior you know like it's fine if i'm standing on the left side of the escalator but by the end of i guess uh, november even october i'd say like two months into living in london i have i started shooting looks at people who were like walking slow or standing on the left side or you exactly. know exactly just... oh my god that so happens yeah but then okay so so i'd like to ask you something about this yeah. so when you meet people over there right um right. who belong from various countries and everything i the one of the big plus points that i think i have had is i've had the opportunity to meet so many people from countries that i you know never thought i'd have friends from um and just to, to get to know about so many things that you don't find on the media because that's that's the only source of context the, that's the only source of information that i had up until i went to university right i didn't have um finnish friends or i didn't have serbian friends before that right, right. so right. the only context that i had was what was being fed to me by media by films by news mm-hmm. and and things of the like and then when i get to know about things that you will never get to know on movies or, or you know how how different their traditions are in in the sense of you know how they celebrate particular festivals or how they celebrate um something very interesting comes to mind right now so i made friends with this uh person who's from iceland right um and we were talking about halloween because halloween was nearby and, and halloween is is not a very big thing in india and i've never celebrated halloween in india just once we celebrated when we were trying to be very pretentious but whatever uh, <laughs> and uh, and we we were talking about halloween and he told me about you know how people celebrate halloween in iceland and it's so different than what you um you know what what you would imagine so, so stuff like that right um so but anyway what my question to you was is that how was it like was it a positive experience did you find yourself 
you know liking those discussions did you find yourself immersing yourself into that experience or was there a flip side to it as well i'm sure everything has a you know positive and a negative side did you suffer from any from what we call a culture shock did you suffer from a culture shock in terms of how you perceived things or you know what um, you saw uh, when you went to london did any of that happen uh not really maybe i just met good people <laughs> when i went there like <laughs> yeah. like one of my first friends was an italian um and hmm. i think he was just so sweet and he same, was so same my first friend in london was an italian my first friend in london was an italian i got to know so much i got to know how how you can swear in italian as i know that's a very yes. basic thing but like but uh, and i got to know a lot about how you know in intra italian politics if that makes sense i know right but, that's what even i yeah. kept hearing from him like he would go on and on about how italians hated italians and i was just like you should come to india <laughs> you really should come to india <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah uh, and then yeah usa like i'm uh, going back to what you said earlier um my aim of going abroad was to you know get to know different cultures and to to understand and see what other people live like and so my main questions to people that i would meet even for the first time would be like oh so where are you from basic basic questions and then mm. i'd be like what's your food like etc etc how do you how do you greet each other and they'd be like yeah we just say hi mm. and then i just you know deep <laughs> dive right into the conversation and ask no, but how do you greet your grandparents and then your parents and then your friends and then your younger siblings and then i'm, I'm so sorry but but that sounds so white i've had so many people come up to me and be like you know oh so how 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 is it different you know how 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 is indian food actually like and everything and i'm just like oh my god just you know like they're one second away from doing namaste to me but um, <laughs> i know right? they would yeah. i i i could feel their animosity you know rise as i would ask these questions and i mean that's why i never had like international friends <laughs> i guess in the first <laughs> yeah and then i learned my lesson i kind of stepped back mm-hmm. no it was fun making and understanding knowing different cultures and even religions hmm. as hmm. hmm yeah so true so true um but yeah i know a lot of experiences that you have had in london have been you know fairly like landmark incidents and <laughs> do you want me to just like do you want me to just give a disclaimer about what's about to come up or do you just do you want to share the story about how you met you know one of the biggest celebrities of all time and had a full blown conversation with him or do you want me to just like reveal who it was uh no let me let me do that okay so okay 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 yeah, yeah. so we were sitting uh, so i got selected for this program and i had to go to brazil and i'd been deliberating yes. for a couple of days uh, on and off calls with my dad asking about money and visa and the entire process you know because i was given like 10 days to get my visa and a vaccination mm-hmm. and the vaccination was so damn expensive um like i asked uh, the lead um what the rate was and she was like okay so the yellow fever thing is 60 pounds and the other is 180 pounds and i was like i'm definitely not going to get that 180 pounds for one vaccine and then she's like if you don't get yellow fever um then you're just going to die so i was like fine i'll get that one <laughs> i i slated uh, how racist is that firstly anyway right and she's like dog you should be afraid of dog again please come to india and please oh, yeah 
so anyways yeah. um i slated a um appointment for my yellow fever jab and also my visa appointment at um the embassy the brazilian embassy now, firstly why do they call it jab like i have a very big problem with exactly. the way they refer to things <laughs> like it's not a very welcoming word i know right it's But, i mean yeah I, even i can't explain uh, anything related to that especially because i'm anyway yes <laughs> anyways yeah so um i had this um, appointment scheduled at the embassy and i ended up not going on that day so i rebooked my appointment for another day uh, which was very close to my deadline so i had to turn up for my interview so i did and i was super late um because my tube on that day turned out to you know so long and short of it it was just a very long day for me and i sat down um on a bench uh, in the embassy and i'm waiting for my turn it's 10:45 i think my appointment was for 10:30 and i'm just you know going through my phone looking around and i was sitting on like the left side of the bench and obviously i was looking around so i turned to my right and i see this man that i kind of recognized from somewhere goodness i i've heard the story like thousands of times but i'm still so excited <laughs> and yeah <laughs> and i'm like i have seen this man somewhere but it cannot possibly be him you know it just can't be him and again because of the british rules you can't stare at a person it's obnoxious so i'm like trying to look away but also peering through my right eye like trying to figure out whether it's really him or not you know just gathered the guts and i said hello and he said with a very deep voice hello and i was like it is him this is him and then i was like oh my god i can't believe i'm sitting next to mr bean you know johnny english like the best that there has been in this world and you know for a moment like i you know even extended my hand and i went in for a handshake and he was so polite like he was like um hi and then he asked for my name and i was you know even my telling you the story i'm like so excited and then we had this full blown conversation for like 7 minutes straight about how he chose this career and how you know despite being so no uh, academically grounded he chose to get into acting so you know that was so interesting to know to hear about from him i think he has a phd yeah, as well in engineering if i'm not wrong yes yes so um hearing from someone who is so was so academically founded and you know had his roots set in academics get into something so different was a good story to hear from from himself and then given that even i was considering i have been in um performing arts for so long i told him my story and i couldn't believe when i was talking to him you know about my personal experiences about aerial and about sufi classical and kathak and i was like yeah uh, that i'm here for kcr like um, for academics um, at kings and he was like you should do what your heart wants you to do you know i was like that is so true i should you know and then i asked him but, but how did you just leave academics and get into acting and he said this one line and he said it's because yeah. i have money that's so true that is so true it's very easy for someone to say you know like follow what your heart says but uh, it's it's very difficult to materialize if you don't have adequate resources and it's good on him i mean it's it's great that you got such sound advice from 
him nonetheless and you know just it's but i'm sure it was yeah. a very good experience for you i mean yeah i mean it was because not for one second did i even think okay forget the conversation let me just get a photograph yeah, yeah. with you you know or let me just get you an autograph i actually forgot because he was so genuine and he was he was just you know i you wouldn't expect a stranger much less a celebrity to no i, I, I am very basic give you advice. I what i would have done would have just been like oh my god mr bean please one selfie please i would have just brought out my calcutta you know just uh, <laughs> Uh, but anyway um uh, but yeah i'm glad you had that experience and i'm so not glad that i missed out on it but but anyway but um okay so just sure. another question to you uh, i know none of us have really had a uni yeah. experience here in india but i have a, like mostly all of my friends are studying in india right now um but so do you yeah. can you at least notice from a second hand perspective albeit can you notice a slight difference or maybe it's a very big difference but like what what in your opinion is the difference between you know how we perceive studying in uni over here um you know in comparison to or as opposed to university education abroad um how would you see it are there certain experiences that are, that remain the same do you meet similar kind of people is the education the same uh, very honestly tell me and then a couple of experiences that you per- perhaps have a broad that you cannot have over here and whether that's a good or a bad thing um well, firstly i feel like anyone who goes abroad has this ideology that anyone who stays back is not ready to own up to a larger lifestyle that's been most of the ideology hmm. of the people that i met having said that um, i myself have not felt that way mainly because i never considered staying in india as an option but had i done that i would i i would maybe have ended up staying here uh and even i have a lot of friends in india and the, the good part is like they're, they're studying in different parts of the country so all of them are having extremely different experiences uh nonetheless all of them together can't be compared to our experience in london mainly because they have they have the liberty of coming back home whenever they want i feel like when you are um, away from your family for such a long time at such a tender age at 18 um that kind of matures you more than anyone else and you know prepares you for most of whether it's even a even a small thing whether it's you know taking care of your cash or um realizing your budget and not spending more than what 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 you mm. you what you've thought of especially because of the mm. currency exchange you know so obviously there are a lot of lot of factors that come into play when when you're talking about abroad in india having said that i feel like a university experience in itself would have been a lot more fun in terms of uh, knowing people around you had i been uh, i mean had i been in indian for my friends over here because they they don't have to adjust to different people they don't have to adjust to different norms of the society yeah i totally agree i think more than more than that more than the fact that it teaches yeah. us to grow up and everything just that just the fact that at least for me i don't have any relatives no close family friend nobody in london like it has always been just me yes like so, so it has always been this very deep sense of awareness that if something goes south of course friends will always be there but if something genuinely goes south i am alone in this in this situation 
uh, essentially. And I don't quite have the resources to yeah. book the next flight out yeah. and come back to India whenever something goes wrong, right? So it has always been that 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 thought has yeah. always been in the back of my head. And then of course budgeting and more than budgeting, the the kind of privileges that I think students in India get, um, they're very very fortunate to get because uh, that is something that I have never been privy to. I've never stayed in a PG where my meals were cooked and I j- I had my laundry done. And you know everything mm. was taken care of, and all I had mm. to do was study and come back. So when you ha- are in an environment where you have to keep in mind that you're getting a certain budget, you've got to manage your laundry, your groceries, your phone bill, your transport, um, everything within that budget. Go to university, come back, cook your own meals, shop for your own groceries, do your own laundry, uh, and then do your coursework as well. I think that is that takes some time exactly. you know, to get used to, especially for someone like me. So. Um, mm. But then I'm glad it happened. I'm in retrospect, I'm very glad it happened because what ha- what this has resulted in is Absolutely. that I have, if not anything else, I have at least like I've at least learned to prioritize. I've learned how to manage stuff. I've I've learned how to compromise. So that's something I never really did before. I never really compromised on quality time with friends, or I never really compromised on academic coursework. Um, that's something I've learned how to you know kind of navigate my way through. But uh, yeah, just okay. While we're on the topic of London and while we're on the topic of composite cultures and how they differ from each other, uh, a number of various, you know, preconceived notions that are held by a lot of the people in my parents' generation, at least, uh, has always been that you know you're going to London. Please stay safe. It's not a very safe place. Uh, or you're going to London. You might face uh, racism. You know. Or the fact that okay, fine, London is probably not the most, uh, you know, just you know, it's not the most friendly place in terms of in- inclusiveness and stuff like that. Um, has that held true on your part? Has it not? Uh, I know for a certain fact that for me, I have never like barring one very minor incident, which I probably don't even think, you know, I didn't. You know, I don't think I have experienced racism. I have felt very included. Uh, I have made some very good friends. I've touched wood. And, you know, I've, I've never felt like somebody was treating me differently because of my nationality, because of my uh, skin color. Those things have never been a concern with me. I have felt <clears throat> unsafe at certain points of time. Uh, I imagine that there are many other people who, you know, might feel more unsafe than me. I obviously, you know, belong. I have male privilege and that's a very real thing. Um, But what has it been like for you? Have you uh, had similar experiences? Have you had uh, people treating you differently? What has it been like? I completely agree with you when you say like people have this uh, preconceived notion of how people, I mean, people in London will be belligerent towards you and, you know, will not be accepting of you and how you'll get stabbed. You'll not believe this, but one of the first people that, uh, people that I got in touch with um, um, to get advice, to seek advice for London, she said that because you're going to be staying at Angel Lane, just make sure that this and this and this, otherwise you'll get stabbed. And, you know, this entire uh, picture around London as what it could be kind of made me scared to even Mm. step out for the first week that I was at the accommodation. But I never, thankfully, had any such experience where, you know, I could say that I felt like I was Mm. being followed even, um, let alone any any of the other things that I've heard of. 
so that's one number two uh, um i haven't really faced any discrimination any racism um personally but a barring one experience like we were in this economics class and it was uh, it was a 20 people tutorial that we had and we were talking about um, comparative advantage which is basically like comparing two countries etc etc we were comparing okay. india and uk and i just happened to talk about india and how you know it had comparative advantage over uk and xyz <clears throat> this um, this person who happened to be from the uk uh, told me but you don't get to say anything because uh, you are from the land of snakes and i was like oh What? excuse you yeah so um that happened and uh, because and i had nobody else in the room there was this one uh, anglo indian and he was much more a british than he was an indian so he didn't really say anything but so and even the leader he was really interested in this debate so he never said anything and this kind of started a debate between me and him and i replied with a very polite uh i don't think that's true uh, we are much more <laughs> than snakes and yoga and a tea um yeah that's that's about it i didn't really want to start a beef with this guy you know it was one of my first weeks at college so then he yes. started talking about the color of indians and and how we are you know he even went to the extent of comparing poop and indian color and i was i was distraught i was like I, i can't i can't imagine that people actually believe that that the color the the, the color of my skin can be compared to yeah. something which i mean why would you do that and it's it's not even in my control and then right. um, yeah so uh, and then i had um a person in in the tutorial who now happens to be a very close friend of mine she in fact stood up for me and um she was from i think america she she is from america and she she said she gave him a reporty and whatever everything said and done we talked about or talked a lot about culture and we talked a lot about how india has you know risen through dust and still come to the top this guy ends up saying oh but your brain is the size of a pea and that's how he ends the conversation and that's the end of the tutorial so we did not really have like a you know like a finishing sentence like something where we could agree on you didn't really conclude that argument I yeah we could conclude it and it was rather shocking for me because like he is an actual person who judged me on the basis and i was i i stood third in that class because we had given some quizzes and you know we had a ranks out and i was third in the class and he happened to be second and he was just like oh. you still below me and then he's passing degrading comments and all of this is happening in front of a teacher and who's french by the way and you know so i just expected him to um say something but he did not so i think barring this experience i'm not really in fact not not i am not only not received any sort of racism or uh, been on the other side of racism but um i've had people support me for my dance and for what i believe in and in fact at college i've been involved in a lot of committees and they see me for who i am and not for hmm. where i come from 
and i feel that like that's really important when yeah and when you when you when you say that kings college actually follows internationalization as a concept and believes in it i completely agree um with it and i i've seen uh, people work for it as well like even our student union is led by an indian and it's not just indians it's everybody you know everyone is as involved as they can be and everyone's given mm. everyone's been given an equal stature so i feel like this entire notion around racism exists in foreign lands i feel like racism exists in india as well it's just mm. it i mean it's relevant it's prevalent in all countries uh, to some extent mm. but i mean it, that doesn't that shouldn't normalize it the fact that it's exactly. present everywhere shouldn't exactly. yeah and i'm exactly. very very sorry that you had that experience i can't even imagine what i would do if i had that experience but um but yeah gladly i haven't um mm-hmm. but but yes i i do think that you know certain things are perceived very differently over there mm-hmm. uh, in terms of how in terms of how we deal with you know different treatment i have heard a lot of uh, i've heard a lot of my friends having uh, mixed experiences but i haven't mm-hmm. and um, but also the thing that i appreciate a lot about studying in university over there is the fact that there is a place for you to represent your culture um th- there's a lot of escapism that happens especially in indian students when they go abroad um i mean for whatever reason but they they don't i wouldn't say they don't want to associate with with their culture but they want to open up themselves up to an exposure like they want they they want to be privy to a certain level of ex- exposure where they think it's necessary to uh, forget uh, their roots or like forget their culture their disciplines whatever they've learned and everything or not forget it but just let it go so that is something that uh, you know our my university has never made me feel uh, at least mm-hmm. I, i there has always been a space for me to do whatever i want there has always been an avenue to do whatever i want um that we have an indian political society that i'm a part of right now uh which which i feel very deeply about and also it i think it provides equal opportunity at least um now of course the job market is a totally different it's a totally different ball game altogether but in university at least i have never felt discriminated on the basis of my nationality but uh, yeah we have gone way over time so <laughs> we should probably move to something light and then conclude um in in hindsight i would say that you know i have had my fair share of experiences that i i had a lot of personally i had a lot of preconceived notions about university myself where i thought i had an i had an advantage over the general you know the general populace of of university in the sense that you know oh there are certain things that i have i'm very confident in my skin that i can do these things very well and then when i went to university um, mm-hmm. i learned that these things were not very valued you know especially in law school when i went i was Uh, an ace debater i'd like to call myself an ace debater i don't know if other people agree but whatever um I, and uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah and then when i went debating as a culture was never was not appreciated in law school it was you know kind of like considered to be very amateur so one of those things and i had my fair share of uh, confidence issues and everything and thankfully i came out of it i got myself immersed in the in the whole thing but just to conclude what would i know it's a very off the top of your head sort of question but what would your best experience in london be whether it's in university outside just if you have a very short story like what would your best day or like one of your best memories in london be ah uh, 
Oh, I, I couldn't possibly say I've had one best day. I'd, I'd say that I liked something and then when it kept happening, I kind of liked it even more. Um, I had never been a party goer uh, in London. Mm-hmm. You know, we have Freshers Week and we've got 27 events in the same week. And I didn't attend yeah, any... Yeah, I didn't go for any of the events. I didn't mm-hmm. go for any of the events. And then I yeah. just... I think, I think we are very similar in the sense that we, we're very similar about how we like to have fun. You know, we just sit yeah. down with a few beers or True. whatever. Exactly. Just, yeah. I wouldn't but, want yeah, to anyway. set and you know, so I'd rather have a house party. And when that started happening, I kind of really enjoyed company and especially yours and especially the couple of other friends that we, you know, had a lot yeah, of fun. have a wonderful friends fun. group Absolutely. in Angel. Absolutely. If I name one of them, then I have to name all and I'm very afraid I might miss out on a few names. So I will not name them all. Exactly. uh, You can possibly do that. But um, I feel like that uh, was, that experience outside uh, college was really, really fun. I'm really glad Mm -hmm. that it happened even, you know, even all of these nights where we used to talk about CNRC and uh, things and just, you know, culture and dance and Bollywood. Mm -hmm. It was just all fun. Um, this was all outside university. But at university, I feel like, um, wow, this is really hard to pick. Um, okay, so I was part of uh, the Bollywood, uh, I, I was part of the Bollywood fusion team, which is like the team for the college and um, mm. representing the dance society. So we went to a couple of um, competitions. And whenever you hear the KCL chant, you know, when you're going on stage and they go, KCL, KCL, let's go. Uh, that even right now as I'm saying it, you know, would fill me up with goosebumps. And mm. that kept me in touch with where I came from. So it was really important to me uh, to continue dancing. So I did right. audio, yeah. I did uh, audition for a lot of pieces that I did not end up getting selected for which is something that you just mm. said, like, you know, you, you believe like you, this really, you, you, you're really good at something. And then you go abroad and you, oh, and you're in the pool of people who are as good as you and even better. So mm. consider yourself to be the best. And then you go to a school, which are, which is filled with the best of the dancers and best of the debaters mm-hmm. and best of business. So that was, that was really, really challenging. And a lot of rejections even kind of helped me a lot. So, um, as much as I've cried and as much as I've, you know, hated being rejected and faced a lot of failures in London in my five months, I've loved every every second of how much I've learned in this entire process. And I think that's why everyone should go abroad. Just everybody go abroad, learn and then come back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. Um, I think in terms of experiences, um, I haven't really had one of those trajectory, um, so like one of those experiences which had a trajectory, you know, which had an up and down, like you said. I, I have had that uh, in law, but then that hasn't, that wouldn't come to mind when I, you know, talk about my best experience. I think, I don't know if I've told you this story, but uh, this happened around the time where, you know, it was just a string of rejections one after the other. And mm-hmm. I was you know, cribbing about that a lot. And then, mm-hmm. uh, Around that time, I got off at my station. I, I got done with uni and I got off at my station, which is Stratford. And you know how uh, sometimes people like uh, people from various organizations, from Amnesty, from, you know, uh, from the UN, yeah. like all sorts of charity organizations as well. They all stand outside with pamphlets and leaflets. You know how that happens, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Outside. 
so um i got out of the station and this uh, woman approached me and she was uh, she asked me if i had 5 minutes uh, to spend uh, and i said yeah sure and then she kind of started talking to me about amnesty and the work that it does and i told her that i'm very aware like i'm aware of the work that amnesty does i've been involved with um the un in 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 the capacity for volunteer in school i've worked with amnesty as well uh, as a matter of fact in india so mm-hmm. um that she got very interested and then we just had the best conversation ever because i don't know what came over me i think one of the things was that i was negating the things that i used to do so well back home i used yeah. to be so passionate about talking uh, about mm-hmm. the laws in india the kind of reforms mm-hmm. that i wanted to bring in if i became a lawyer and i never really communicated those things to anyone by anyone in london because I, then the opportunity never arose and here she was someone i've never met taking such active interest and she's not trying to sell me anything she's not even trying to you know advertise her uh, what she does at this point and then yeah and then she just you know i i had such a nice conversation about what i want to do the kind of changes i want to bring how i want to work with tribal laws in india then she started asking me about the tribes in india i started talking about that and these are things that i'm very passionate about and what do you know just like a bollywood movie started raining and then she was like no but i want to know more don't go don't go and i'm like no but i have to go it's raining i don't have an umbrella so then she opened an umbrella and we spoke and you know then she she was so wow. nice she she told me that you know i hope to see you make it really big one day so that i can tell my friends that you know i once had a conversation with a man like this and it just you know it was such a nice conversation and then when i got, got back home um i think i met you only for lunch or something i don't know who i met uh, maybe it was sam i don't know uh, but uh, it was just such a nice day and from that day onwards things started to turn around i applied for the bar and mooting society i got a position there as an events officer i got a position in the indian political society so and and i started writing more i started you know communicating my ideas more and and things started to turn around but i attribute that to the conversation that i had with that very nice woman i feel like there's this one moment um that every one of us would have you know had um in london because you you can't possibly start a new life without feeling down in the dust and then you know having this Ah, moment and then you kind of just rise from the ashes like a phoenix no i'm just exaggerating but you you know your life then you you're back to um having that confidence or at least close to having that confidence and um everyone i mean that i have spoken to at least has had that moment and yeah it's really interesting to listen to people talk about that mm-hmm. um but yeah that's a wonderful note to end it on thank you for coming on this podcast thank you for sharing your thoughts with me with us um and yeah uh i think i think we had a wonderful conversation i think people can take something back from it as well yes yes well thank you bye bye